It's the KGEZ Good Morning Show. Robin Mitchell and John Hendricks and our Kalispell State Representative, Courtney Sprunger. Good morning, Good Courtney. morning, guys. Uh-huh. I see you're, uh, you've got a new horse. I do. His name is Gunner. Gunner. Gunner is a three-quarter Morgan. I'm a, a big Morgan, a believer in the Morgan breed, but he's also mm-hmm. got a quarter standard bred. Which mm-hmm. is not a, a breed I'm as familiar with. They're big trotters. And I do a little endurance riding in the summer, which is kind of yeah. like it's competitive time trail riding, but not that competitive because the slogan is to finish is to win. <laughs> so everybody's a winner in our sport. So he's a trotter as opposed to a walker. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, so he definitely just loves to get out and trot, which is a great pace for endurance riding. And it keeps me in good shape too, believe it or not. Keeps you bouncing. That's right. Now, yeah. Years ago when I lived in Cincinnati, they had the racetrack there, paramutual wagering, but over on the Kentucky side of the river, they had trotter races with the the little carriages and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen that before. Those would be standard breads. And actually you see Morgans competing in that sometimes too, but standard uh-huh. breads can they can trot really, really fast. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, he is uh he was given a registered name, even though he's not registered, his name is Son of a Gun. <laughs> <laughs> but S U N and he is a sweetheart. Oh, I love sweet. it. So yep. you call him Gunner. Gunner. Well, if he were Norwegian, it would be Gunnar. <laughs> there you go. Well, Gunner. if he's being silly, we'll call him Gunnar. All right. <laughs> well, let's get down to it. You finally have gone down to Helena and put your name in for re-election. Yeah, well, and you know, the great news is you pay your $15 and they actually let you do it online because uh, oh, right? I was traveling. That's right. So I have put my name in and I'm officially running for re-election in Montana House District 7, the heart of Kalispell as I like to think of it, downtown Kalispell. Uh, you'd, you'd always intended to rerun anyway, right? I always had, yep. I've been yeah. uh, raising money and, and working at it since since last spring. And so I filed intention um, to be able to raise money, and then you can officially file in January. You know, I had forgotten about that. You have to file intention to start. That's right, to start so, raising money and to start getting to work and putting your name out. Yep. So all those guys hmm. uh, in eastern Montana that want the... Uh, congressional seat that Matt Rosendale may or may not give up. Uh, they had to file intentions in order to do that. That's right. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with our campaign finance law and making sure that there is um, exceptional transparency. That's something we can be proud of as Montanans um, is that uh, because of actually my predecessor helped run a, a law basically called the dark money law, which was to ensure that we didn't have campaigns where we had no idea where money was coming in from. And while that's still a challenge, uh, it's a little harder to just sneak money into elections in Montana than it is in other states, which is good. I had coffee with Bob Brown yesterday, and uh, we discovered a few things we had in common, like we were both at Central Junior High at the same time. We had some of the same instructors at Flathead High School and and all that. But uh, but I... I, I Got a chance to kind of see things a little bit the way you guys see things when you're in the legislature, and it's quite a bit different than I think the rest of us. You know, I one thing that I've said to people, because I've been blessed to have friends across the spectrum of political perspective all of my life. Uh, my family is very conservative Christian, and our next door neighbors were came from a very progressive viewpoint and we you know we had all our bonfires together and i think that i was really blessed to to learn to meet people right where they're at on their ground when you sit in that chair in helena one of the biggest challenges um is that you may uh you may be 80 percent there you may be 52 percent there but there's no maybe button it's yes Mm -hmm. or it's no and the reality is it's complicated and you can only 
Um, you, you have to work with your caucus, obviously, um, and you have to try to work across the aisle where you can. And for a lot of people, there's one or two issues that are a big deal for them. And we are oftentimes looking at thousands of bills at a time that we have to try to balance. Uh, you were pretty successful in getting a couple of big things through. Yeah. And that's not bad for a, for a freshman. freshman. Yeah. For a freshman. <laughs> you know, I mean, I grew up playing team sports. And the way my perspective on it is it genuinely is a team sport. If you want to be a great bill sponsor, um, you put your name behind it. And hopefully you're the champion of it. No, You're the project manager. And to get it done, it requires great coordination, both in the chamber that you're in and across to the other chamber. That's where a lot of bills die. So we had some great senators that I worked alongside with. I had to make sure to send some very nice thank you notes too, because a lot of the great things that we have, like the Safer Act, um, which I just, I talked to the Montana Department of Transportation. The first big project that's gonna benefit from that is the big West Reserve project that we have coming. And those safer dollars are gonna go to make sure that we are not all sit, sitting stuck in traffic on West Reserve coming forward. So everybody hold on, hold on, right? Because yeah. we've got to go through construction. Yeah, it's um, going to be a rough construction. That's right. But it would ultimately, yeah. it's 51 yeah. people, 26 in the Senate, and one signature from the governor. And it really does take See, teamwork. You know, that's, uh, she's got the edge being female <laughs> because she s- said thank you notes. And I thought, boy, that would... <laughs> You know, when you work that hard at getting something, you want to make sure those interpersonal relationships are maintained because it's a two-way street. I think so. And I know that politicians, and probably I've been guilty too, um, really get into that, I did I did this, I did that. And, and, and I think it is important for folks to know you're accountable for what you said you'd go and work on. I believe that. I believe you should do what you say you're going to do. And I also believe nobody gets anything done in Helena by themselves. <laughs> so now that you've done the... These things you've done in the first session, what else would you like to do? Well, you know, I <laughs> I tend to be a, a creature of habit, if you will. And, and what I've discovered is a lot of the big kitchen table items that people uh, communicated to me were their priorities. And roads and bridges, making sure we're not stuck in traffic, um, helping our, our provide better educational opportunities for our students, and making sure we deal with our crime. Those continue to be, obviously, top priority for people obviously the other and i you know i've always uh i know this is a topic of interest is i'm not voting to leave helena until we have a viable feasible sustainable property tax solution on the table and so we we worked at it last time there's been a lot of back and forth but i'm not interested in coming home until we get that done i'm uh i'm kind of wondering how in the world you're going to do that uh because it seems like no matter what we do somebody's going to pay more well, and you know, I think that's a really interesting point, right? Is um, ultimately things cost money, right? So if you look at our school systems and, and different people, different perspectives, my dad was a teacher here at Flathead for 30 years, um, just the cost of everything. I've had my my staff at cost go up by 30% in my private business, just trying to keep up with um, making sure people have enough to to pay to have a home, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and everybody's experiencing that. So you look at property tax, that half your property tax is going to, to try to sustain our schools. I can tell you right here, school district five is on the leading edge of educational reform as far as getting our kids into apprenticeships, trade opportunities, making sure they have hands-on learning opportunities, literally the best of practices in the world. They are leading our state right now in um, transforming our, our local our local programs that cost money, of course, to do at least to make some of the changes. Long term, we actually think it could be more cost effective. So 
to your point, the challenge is we need a property tax solution and we need to do it in such a way that everybody's toilet's still flush, that you you still get plowed out, that somebody answers 911 and that our kids get a solid education. Um, one of the ways I think we can look at doing that is having a more universal, predictable property tax um, plan. My only hesitation around that is I think that that could impact some local control. We did have a good, what I felt was a good compromise solution on the board um, based on everything that was out there called Senate Bill 511, and it died 25-25 in the Senate, unfortunately. Um, and that basically said local governments can, just like schools, can grow up to 4% per year, which helps us keep up with inflation so you're not falling behind where we can't pay for our firefighters and we can't pay for our policemen. Um, but it keeps things from growing. And so you'll often hear people say, hey, we have, um, we are only getting the, the increase of like half the rate of inflation is what local governments have. And, and what I'll say for our local governments, they've been, they've been very thoughtful about how they're trying to manage their budget series. Um, not everybody uh, is as great in management across the state as what I see here locally. Um, I wish we could say that, but some of them are growing half the rate of inflation plus what's called new growth. So some of them are more like six, seven, eight, nine percent. And so property taxes are just pushing people out of their homes, mm. right? And when you have people that are pushing against that, we had legislators that are voting against things like the homestead exemption, which means that if grandma gets behind on her taxes, somebody can swoop in and buy her and take her property from her by paying her back taxes. And I think we really have to be careful about things like that. Well, we sure do. Yeah, one of the things that uh, there is uh, so are, are some programs out there right now to help people over 60, uh, and uh, the Agency on Aging uh, has that information. Carla Diamond is more than happy to share that. In fact, uh, you know, she's begging people to come in and learn about it because, you know, I, if, if, my gosh, you can get into some of these programs and you're making $45,000 a year. Now, how many people over 60 on Social Security are making 45000 a year? That's right. So I, you know, I couldn't give you that exact number, but I think your point is sometimes, and I found this to be true having worked um, on the communications and outreach side for economic development programs for probably 20 years. A lot of times these programs that make a lot of sense sound too good to be true for the public. Like, well, there's no way that that could be the case. So one good example that you're speak, uh, probably talking about is the, it's called PTAP, yes. Property Tax Assistance Program. Um, and I would met, definitely get with the Agency on Agents, Aging. They can help older adults who are on a fixed income, potentially at those income levels, um, get some assistance with offsetting their taxes. So a lot of people's concern is, hey, is Nana going to get pushed out of her house? This program is specifically designed um, to help Nan people like Nana on a limited income mm -hmm. get some help offsetting up to 80% of their tax bill. Um, and while I understand a lot of people are like, hey, I paid for my house. Why do I have to keep paying taxes? The reality is there's still services, unfortunately, we all have to pay for um, mm -hmm. that go along with like providing sewer and fire and law enforcement to those houses. And I think that before we start messing with our tax bills, maybe what we'd better do is make sure that we're taking advantage of all the opportunities. There are some really good opportunities and pro uh, the property tax assistance program is one of mm -hmm. them. Um, I, you know, I know that a lot of people got their rebate on property tax assistance, which was 675 this year. For most people, it'll be 675 again next year. That's helping because I know we're going to have 
the rest of the um, the 95 mills called in. So um, people are going to see another bill in May, which is really hard. Um, but keep in mind, there will be another 675 coming next year as well to help offset while we're getting back to the legislature to get a real solution. And like I said, I'm voting to stay in Helena until we, we get a real solution on the ground, similar maybe to what we saw with Senate Bill 511, something everybody can live with. Yeah, that's what we need. Uh, what else would you like to work on? Oh, boy. Well, you know, one thing I want to, <laughs> what else I want to work on? Actually, um, I'm a transportation wonk, as they say. I mean, it's nothing more exciting than the girl that loves roads and bridges. Uh, but <laughs> as like the foundation of community. Um, and so I'm interested. I actually was just meeting with the Montana Department of Transportation about finding some ways to make our construction processes more efficient um, and coordinating with our contractors and utilities. Sometimes you see uh, somebody's come through and cut all the trees down and then we all sit there for six months. There's a lot of pieces that go through. We'd like to work um, potentially with our utility contractors to find a way to make that process, part of the process, a little bit more efficient. They're struggling with with workforce just as well as everybody else. So if we could get them out there earlier, potentially, Mm -hmm. um, we can help make the construction process more efficient, which helps make it more cost effective. Well, we've got a big situation now with the bridge in Big Fork. That's right. And actually, I was just talking to them about that today. They are doing everything they can right now to accelerate uh, getting at least a pedestrian solution in place, hopefully for the summer. Um, and moving forward that, you know, the challenge with that one is that while it was load limited, they kind of, we have 130 bridges right now in the state that are load limited, which means they're at risk, right? We've, we've, they're, they're potentially, they've had to say, Hey, you can't take as much weight as you used to be able to over these and be safe. Mm So while the Big Fork Bridge is somebody, my alma mater is uh, Big Fork High, I'm very familiar and very fond of that bridge. Um, It's not actually an emergency services route. And so it isn't prioritized the same way that one might be that says, hey, if we had to get a fire truck out somewhere, we gotta get this one fixed first because we can't have people dying somewhere because we couldn't get a Mm -hmm. fire truck. That said, they're very aware of the uh, impacts to the community of Big Fork. I'm a big advocate of that as well. And we're going to see if we can't get a pedestrian solution in place. One of the things that uh, was pointed out by uh, uh, Commission uh, Chair Randy Brodell was that uh, uh, the community wants a particular type of structure. And that structure is more expensive than a standard bridge structure. Um, So we're going to have to deal with the delays until we can raise enough money to do it the way the community wants it done. It's all a value proposition, right? And mm-hmm. and as somebody who uh, is a proud Big Fork, I guess, Valkyrie, right? Vikings and Vals. Um, mm-hmm. My dad taught at Flathead and I went my last year, two years at Big Fork. I can appreciate just the nostalgia of that bridge. And there's something to be said for maintaining the pieces yeah. of our history and our past that are meaningful to people. Um, and to your point, sometimes that there's a cost to that and there's a, a time frame to that. So sometimes doing it right takes a little longer. And if we can all remember that and keep that in front of ourselves, um, it's a it's a trade off. If we want it right away, we can just we could probably put a concrete slab out there. But I think a lot of people would really feel like we had missed doing yeah. it right. Yeah, they wanted they want a trestle bridge. They yeah. want the trestle. I want yeah. the trestle bridge too. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Well, Randy yeah. was talking about uh, talking with BNSF about how they got that emergency bridge up in two weeks because of that spill down uh, yeah. on the Yellowstone. Well, that was a great idea until they found out that there's some uh, some bad stuff in the soil there where the uh, bridge is anchored. Oh. And uh, if they disturb that, they're going to send a lot of that nasty stuff into the Flathead River 
or I should say into the Swan River, which goes to the Flathead River, which goes to Flathead Lake, which we don't want. So if there's uh, anything that I've learned about construction, (laughs) it's that it's frustratingly slow, oftentimes for a reason. You see Mm -hmm. people all sitting on shovels and you think nobody's doing anything while we're waiting on materials or somebody's actually legitimately looking at soil samples or we're waiting on right of way to be acquired. And we want to make sure that we deal respectfully with those landowners. Like, it is a long and arduous process. And for some reasons, that's good, right? We don't want the government just to be able to come through and pave a road anywhere they want to. We want to have a process the public participates in. Maybe a rope bridge across <laughs> the river. It's actually been, it's been suggested. I think Commander Zinke actually uh, <laughs> said, hey, you know, I think we've got a military solution to this. You know, another thing I'm hoping that we can uh, work on, and I don't know where we're at in commercial, I'd love to talk education when we're ready. Yeah. Well, uh Let's talk education. Okay. I was like, you know, I know I can get talking. You guys are pretty fun. And, yeah. and uh, I could get a little We got lost. about three minutes left. So oh, oh, let's well. do it. Okay. That sounds great. So one of the things, uh, well, actually, let me just pitch this uh, beforehand. If you're a family who has adopted in a, like the last year, you are now eligible for the adoption tax credit. Please Ooh, talk. Yes. Please talk to your accountant about that. Um, reach out to me, Courtney Springer, 407-1151 is my phone number. If you have questions, $5,000 if you've adopted privately, $7,500 if you have adopted through our foster Montana foster care system. But if you're an adoptive family, uh, make sure you're looking into that. Don't miss out on that opportunity. Yeah, right. Nice, nice I, ca- I couldn't yeah. miss. I couldn't miss out on that. Um, yep. Outside of that, I think the other thing is, if you're a parent, whether you're homeschooling, whether you have private school, or whether you're in the public school, you have the opportunity to have your kids participating in real world, hands-on learning experience. Uh, Mike Kelly at uh, School District 5 can help coordinate those for really any students that mm-hmm. want to take advantage of those. And I have seen kids in architecture firms uh, trying out getting their pilot's license, working um, over in the dealership, working towards a master technician, uh, t- teaching every grade K through six. There is an opportunity for every kid and for every interest to get the best possible opportunity for hands-on education. Um, and we've got some money to help them do that um, through the career technical education bill that I carried last session. Okay. Gosh, we could uh, just keep going on and on here, and I love our conversations. <laughs> Courtney, thanks so much. Thank you. All right.